guys. Welcome back to Book Talk Made Me, the podcast where we talk about all your favorite book recommendations. What happened now? You glitched. Right. Okay. I Every time you guys say a glitch, I never hear it on the audio after. Well. Well, I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And five, four. All right. We'll start over. <laughs> We're going to keep that in there. One. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome back to Book Talk Made Me, the podcast where we talk about all your favorite book recommendations from Book Talk. So today we are speaking about a book that was recommended to us, a series that was recommended by Listen With Brit, and we are covering Kingdom of the Wicked, book two. Now, I'm Caitlin, joined by my hosts, as always, Bridget and Hilda. Hi. Hi. And we're going to take you guys through it. So book one was just released, so that episode is live. You guys can check in there if you haven't read it yet. Book three in this three-part book series drops at the end of the month. I believe it was September 27th. So we're happy to have you guys on this journey because this is a new read, read a new read for us. Um, but we're very excited to learn more about Wrath because he was in Listen With Brits, Why Choose? So when she told us that, we're like, well, now we have to read this book and meet this man. So that's exactly what we're doing. Now, before we get started, I just want a quick PSA and a quick shout out to say, please, if you guys have liked any of our episodes so far, please go over to Apple Music or wherever you get your this podcast episode and take a minute to leave us a review. Give us a five star or a four star. I'll even take a three star with some uh, you know, constructive feedback. But any star rating can be really appreciated as we grow this little podcast of ours. So make sure you tell a friend, leave a review, and we'll give you a shout out to show you some love. So before we get into it, any thoughts, guys? Book two, Kingdom of the Wicked. What is this one actually called? Because you know I only refer to them as Kingdom numbers. of the Cursed. Kingdom of the Cursed. And Kingdom of the Feared is the third book that's going to come out September 27th. To me, it's all Kingdom of the Wicked 1, Kingdom of the Wicked 2, <laughs> Kingdom of the Wicked 3. That's how I make it through Zodiac Academy. I'm like, book one, two, three, four, five. Once it's like cursed fates, fated thrones, I'm like, ugh. It's all Greek to me. All the same. We really need to play our own ZA drinking game. No, because we're going to be drunk off our ass. <laughs> Very early on. Did you see the episode where we went through part two? We started off with a drunk bang. <laughs> I thought that's what we were having hot for today because it was like a Monday and everyone was having a drag of the day. But apparently I was the only one drinking my did, way again, through. I did have a Mercury fall retrograde. beer before this. Did have a fall beer before this. I... And I had a glass of wine before this. I took a nap, and so I didn't want to have wine to make me sleepy. I mean, based on your track record, that was a very smart move. <laughs> it was very dangerous of me to take that nap, but I did put on the alarm, and it went off how many, this time. How many times have you slept through um, a scheduled recording? Uh, like two or three. Yeah, I was going to say two or three is my guess. <laughs> which is terrible. <sighs> which is terrible. Well, we do this on our spare time, so, you know, what you do is what you do. Oh, You're lucky you have such um, casual co-hosts who are just like, nah, we play a game of five, four, three, two. What are we going to call? We're we not going to call. I'm also tired. Maybe I'm just going to go to sleep. Maybe we'll come back tomorrow. It's a sign. It's a sign. It's a sign. So to answer Caitlin's question about what we thought of this book, um, so... Just to be completely transparent, not entirely sure what's going on. <laughs> and also, Bridge, I want to apologize because after we invited Listen With Brit back for episode three, I sent her an email basically where I was like, oh my God, can you please clarify what's going on? And we ended up spoiling part of book two for Bridget because we obviously all share the same email account. When I um, say the podcast, <laughs> this was karma. 
This was a full <laughs> circle. Like, I spoiled a book for you like months ago, but you asked for it though. I did. I did. And then I just was minding my own business. I was like, oh, let me be responsible, like, podcaster and, you know, follow up on this email with Britt so, you know, we can have scheduled stuff. Boom. I saw one line and I was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Should I tell them yeah, what the no. line is? No, I'll wait till the end. Yeah, wait then till they'll get also to be Caitlin, you're giving me very, <laughs> like, I don't know what's vibes. with your monitor right now. <laughs> what? I'm sending you a picture oh, so that man. you two can be traumatized. <laughs> Can't win. Mer- Mercury is very retrograding today. Very much as part of the retrograde. Oh, well, it's uh, getting better. But, like, you were oh, looking yeah. like the, the ring. <laughs> oh. Now you just look like a ghost. Oh, that's... Yeah, it looked like a spirit materializing before your eyes. Caitlin? Okay, somebody needs to keep track of all the tangents we're going on. So this was the first one. To go back to answer your question, what did I think of the book? So clearly I had to reach out to Britt and just be like, hey, what the hell is going on? Because I'm a little confused and I couldn't tell it's because I didn't understand what was happening or because the mystery still hasn't been revealed. Britt's expert advice is that this is like a middle book. So there's not it was a lot very of, middle booky. There's yeah, not a lot of plot development, but there was like character development, but that's fine. So I just want to say once and for all, and Bridget, I know you're going to disagree with me, but I was here for the tension, or as I like to call it, emotional blue balls, because it was good in this book. Oh no! Kate, I Caitlin, back me up. Caitlin, back I, me I up. back you up. I back you. You don't up even have that. to like get her to back you up because I was about to back you up. Damn. Trust me, I love a good attention. I just hate, hate, hate fade to black. Yeah, I did fade to back black. So, yes, I'm convinced, though, that it's going to start with a hot and spicy scene. Girl, it better. Like, I want a description of every single freaking detail that happens. Because we've been waiting for this for two books. I'm I'm betrothed. I'm not betrothed. I'm betrothed to someone else. Secretly betrothed to still him. I want him. I don't want him. Maybe I do want him. I definitely want to fuck him. Like, it's literally <laughs> the entire the book. All over the place. Anyways, that whole thing was... Bonkers. Yeah. I mean, it was good. It was good. It was good. And so the book is technically young adult. And it still shows up as young adult when you look it up on Amazon, at least. But it's definitely book two takes you into new adult territory. So this is another tangent I would go on if we had time for is like, if you know the series is going to be new adult, I guess is what they call it, right? Just classify the entire series as that, even if book one does not have any spice, because you still have to build up to it. Because like, if I had a turn off, it's a turn off for me to see young adult. I'm like, ugh. Well, not even that. Like if I went into the bookstore and I was in the the, like young adult section and I had a teenage child and they were like, oh, I'm going to read this. And I know it's young adult. I won't be thinking the second book is going to be anything with spice in it. So I'm just going to buy them the second book, not knowing. And then boom. A sexual awakening (laughs) happens. Good for them. But also like, what the fuck? Yeah. Bridget, I like you with this wine, your second glass of wine. Your tongue is loose. Anytime. You're you're not spelling out the F word. (laughs) (laughs) I can still spell it if you want. (laughs) F-U-C-K. It's fine. Oh, no. We shouted Um, it a minute ago. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. We'll just dial it back for the rest of the people who listen in the car in the morning to drop offs. I like it. I like it. But I think Britt said that 
she started off as like a YA series, but then with the direction that they were going and like she kind of got pressured into making a new adult, I think maybe by the fans, but I don't know. I don't think it's sad. I enjoyed it. I appreciate a lot. it. And Wrath, he's a contender. He's I wanted eight. him to be, but I just couldn't. I think he's in the top eight. Okay. Oh, you go top eight. <laughs> top eight. I, I don't know how I feel about him. Like, he's checking all the boxes. He's tall, dark, handsome, mysterious, very muscular, good looking, kind of an asshole, which again, is a prerequisite pretty much for any of our white chooses. But I'm not sure. Like, it's not, it's not standing out. You know what I mean? So, what is he doing to stand him. out? amongst the crowd i'm looking at the cassians the reeses the castiles i'm like what the rips like rip had fantastic to me wrath is a combination of as and reese you put those two together you get him yeah yeah i could see so then why would i need another if they're already on my top 10 you just lectured me on top eight and you have a top 10 i mean (laughs) I We're flip flopping back and forth on a whim. We have no allegiance to any any numbers that are white shoes. Like right now, Reese is my number one, but I couldn't tell you for sure where my ass is because he doesn't have his own book yet. We just know that he has the biggest wingspan. Do you want to touch over your high points? So basically, the book starts with Amelia and Wrath going to hell. And hell is not exactly what she expected. And he says that it's like, oh, you know, there's a lot of mortal, I don't know, legends, fairy tales. Hell is actually just like really cold. And before they make it to the kingdoms, they need to go through like the sin corridor, which is where they're tested by sins. And Amelia gets like hypothermia because it's really cold. She almost like dies. But again, Wrath takes care of her. So the entire time she's telling Wrath, hey, like, when is pride going to come here and take me to his court? Because, you know, I sold my soul. I did blood something, whatever. I signed in blood my allegiance over to House, House pride. pride. Yeah. Why isn't he here yet? And come to find out, dum, 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 that when she first summoned Wrath, she actually accidentally summoned him with like a betrothal vow. Yeah, like um, a betrothal spells. So when she initially put that request out for summoning she said with eternal protection basically with eternal protection from here on out and the way that kind of translated in latin meant to like uh an allegiance through marriage and now they are betrothed so which is kind of explains why wrath was like what did you just do because she's like oh i'm very smart that's what i did and we're like "Mm, Mm. we don't have the full story here something went wrong with that spill and so she So they're betrothed, which trumps any house allegiance that she may have. And little by little, she's getting to know, I guess, Wrath's court and kingdom. And he protects her a lot. He teaches her how to fight. They have several fooling around sessions, which again, pretty hot. She has to prepare for the Feast of the Wolves, which is like Lupercalia, but not Lupercalia. It basically is. It's according to the book, it inspired Lupercalia, not the other way around. And so she's going to be the guest of honor. And the whole thing when she's the guest of honor is that they're supposed to take like her deepest fear or secret and share it with everyone, which freaks her the hell out. She's still on her mission to try to find out who killed her twin, Victoria. 
Also, as Amelia spends more time in hell, she is slowly uncovering that Nona wasn't totally forthright about what is going on between like the witches and the demons. I'm confused because I think Amelia is still confused, but we know that something's up. Nona hasn't been totally honest and she makes a deal with the tree. <laughs> makes a deal with the tree. Makes a deal with Groot. Uh-huh. <laughs> And it's Mother um, Willow. Isn't that from Pocahontas? Yeah. Maybe. The Willow Tree. <laughs> she makes a deal with the tree and she makes and a deal with a hooded figure when she went to go seek out the tree. There we I go. I don't want them to think that like this tree starts talking like in Pocahontas. <laughs> And then it's Grandmother Willow. Okay, continue. And then stuff happens. Right around the river bend. <laughs> we'll let you get through this, Hilda, I promise. <laughs> no, you guys are going to have to fill this part in because this is the part that, where I was like, I don't know what's going on. I'm and just here for And shit the happens and that's the end of the book. <laughs> <laughs> there we There's go. There's a two-minute recap. Yeah. Okay, so that's what's going on. It's okay. Bridget's going to step in and help for like the last 50 to 75%. I mean, I read it also and I feel like the last 15 is questionable. Like I a really little don't fuzzy understand. on the details, like the high, the, the, the gist I get, it's the finer details that I'm a little like, oh, I'll, I'll just keep reading and figure this out. But I don't quite figure it out as I I'm reading. even get the gist of it. Really? Okay. Yeah. We'll, like, we'll get I'm lost. what I assume is the gist of it. I don't know if what I read is the same thing that you interpreted. Caitlin, you know so. what? You know what it was? I was speed reading because this was really good. I was trying to get through with it. And I was speed reading to try to get to like the sexy time scenes, which never really like happened. Like they happened, but there was no like completion. So I kept trying to like get to them and then the book ended. Therefore, emotional blue balls. Exactly. I think um, that's why I'm mostly fired up because it's been like I finished it on what Sunday, maybe Saturday night, and then I had to reread part of it yesterday because we started recording, and then again today, and I'm like, will this never end? No, you will not be able to move on to your next journey. <laughs> okay, so the book starts off with what's probably a prologue, and again, this goes back to we don't know everything that exactly is going on, and so we're piecing things together. So now that I'm explaining like the summary, part of it is this is what I think is going on but i don't know so anyways it's good though it's a good book it's good i just also want to make that clear so it starts off with i assume it's like a prologue and there's a king in his castle and he's super pissed at this witch who's sitting on his throne and she's like trying to like seduce him but he's like not falling for it and so she ends up taking his wings and then cursing him and she tells him, from this day forward, a curse will sweep through this land. You will forget all but your hate. Love, kindness, and every good thing in your world will cease. One day that will change. When you know true happiness, I vow to take whatever you love, too. So damn. That was kind of cruel. We don't understand why he has this adversarial relationship with this witch. I'm assuming that gets revealed in book three. So book starts off with Amelia and wrath and hell and again hell is not like how she imagined it it's not really like fire and brimstone it's more like cold and really cold which i found uh, shocking you know i didn't expect hell to literally freeze over i didn't think it would be that cold i mean it's a it's a twist it's a twist on hell it's a twist it's a twist i wonder if it was ever fiery before the curse maybe 
you know, like, not gonna lie, I could deal with this version of hell because I can't handle heat very well. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, you're going to hell, and I'm like, oh, hell is a really cold wasteland, and I have a hot <laughs> demon prince that gives me, like, random velvet cloaks, and, like, apparently delicious demon berry wine. And Sorry, like, Jesus. Really nice war. <laughs> Don't forget about the hot springs. I was going to say the hot springs. And there's hot springs that you have to go in naked with your hot demon prince. Like, well, if Hilda ever disappears, you know where she's at. (laughs) (laughs) So they're going through hell. He's like walking her through it. And he's like, hey, before we get to my kingdom, you have to go through the sin corridor and everybody needs to go through the sin corridor the first time they go through hell. And I can't help you with anything. And basically what the sin corridor does, it helps magnify whatever sinful behavior you're feeling and it's right. like to your help job. you align with which house you should be coming mm-hmm. into. So it'll test you for greed, envy, lust, um sloth, sloth. pride, wrath. And then I guess um, whichever one you sort of react to is uh, tests your allegiance to say where you'd be your best. It's like the sorting hat for hell. Yeah. Yeah yeah. You gotta find your house. So anyways, Amelia, of course, is still super pissed at Wrath because of the whole thing that happened at the end of book one. And so she's still wearing that like ridiculous like silver dress with like the metal corset. So she's getting cold really fast. But again, he's being really nice to her, even though like he doesn't really need to be. I think he warms up to her over like their little journey because I think initially he was still like a little bit cold towards her. I mean... When he saved her from the viper snake back in, the viper demon snake back in book one, uh-huh. I would go ahead and say that that's when he had warmed up to her. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. But then remember at the end of book one, after he died, quote unquote, and then he came back to retrieve her to take her to pride to deliver her because that was part of his bargain. She was pissed because he was super cold towards her and she was expecting like the warm and fuzzy demon that she had come very close to because he was the one of the last people she could count on. And then he was kind of distant. He made her sign the name or she signed her name in the bargain and off they went. Oh, but I I interpreted that as he was pissed that she didn't pick him. Not that he was trying to be cold to her. I right. took it as him having a little hissy that she yeah. wasn't didn't question it for a second whether what she should be with him in his house. Right. So pride. he's being cold towards her and then slowly as they spent more time together through the little journey, he went back to the way he was behaving. You know? Yeah. Okay. 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 Because I'm saying it's, it's cold towards her because that's how she was feeling. She was like, what the fuck is wrong with him? Yeah. yeah and then yeah. she was pissed. He's pissed at her. So whatever. Wrath uses the devil horns to lock the gates of hell. Blah, blah, blah. So they're going through the sin corridor. Again, it's really cold. And at one point he says, okay, we've traveled enough. Let's build a shelter because there's going to be a storm. So they build a shelter and they go to sleep. And I usually hate sex dreams and books because, (laughs) like, I think they're a cop out. However, I did not hate this one. At what point did you realize it was not a dream? I mean, I I realized. I know. I realized, I think, way too late. It was not a dream. I mean, it was a dream. But we hadn't, they hadn't had, like, any real action. So I was like, yes, I'll take whatever breadcrumbs of sex dreams you give me, Carrie Mancoluso. I just butchered your last name. I'm sorry. Carrie Ann. Um, We're 
we're known for butchering names. I just apologize in advance to everyone. I was just editing, it, ed- editing the first episode where we really try hard to figure out what it, what her last name is. So she has this pretty hot sex dream with him and he eventually wakes her up and he's like, uh, so he tells her i'm sorry i have it highlighted while you're me too he's like while your current illusion sounds wildly interesting wrath's silky voice came from across the small enclosure you might want to put your clothes on the temperature is well below freezing now (laughs) i can't even like burst her bubble a dream i i feel like it was straight on an illusion for her like because she was responding as if she was in this dream yeah. AKA getting naked for him. And rubbing up against him and feeling him. And so, sorry, it's really funny. I will so say, Wrath had like a lot of really funny like one liners. He does. That's why I appreciate him too. He's a witty man. So she's basically like, oh, did that really not happen? And then he's like, one thing I could promise his voice was deep and sensual in the dark is you won't ever doubt it's real when I touch you. Damn, son. <laughs> I'm a little yeah. cocky, but I'm here your, for it. Your second sign, damn son. <laughs> sign me up. Um, okay, so anyways, they're going through the sin corridor. She runs into a hellhound that he calls a puppy, which I thought was pretty funny. Which is basically fluffy from Harry Potter. Essentially. A hundred percent. And so, you know, they're going through. Eventually, though, it's really cold for her. Um, and she ends up having hypothermia and he takes her somewhere she doesn't know where and warms her up and takes care of her and i thought this was really cute though because she was like i thought you said you weren't going to take care of me anymore um and then he's like i lied stab me in the heart i don't know like what the official title of this trope is but i die on the inside every single time i come across it is it in danger he rescues her and literally cares for her all night in like the most gentle way possible it has to be a subset of enemies to lovers. Definitely. Um, yeah. I don't know what you would call that. How do you even... I don't, I don't know. know. If you know, let us know. Yeah. I also um, like it when it's the brother's best friend scenario. Because, like, he storms in, saves mm-hmm. her from whatever disaster. She's just drunk. And then he, like, takes her home and takes care of her. A++. plus plus. It's a good story. Let's come back, though. I was just let's letting you know that's where I've also see- read it. Still love it. Let's see if we can keep this one under an hour. I feel like it's not going to happen. So anyways, he takes care of her. It's great. So she's in, figures out she's in House Wrath. Everybody's calling her a lady. So she's Lady Amelia. And they're being very deferential to her because Wrath has threatened everybody. And people that are not respecting her, he basically threatens them. And I forget why they get into a fight because you know they're always fighting which is really just their repressed sexual feelings for each other if anybody needed a clinical reason for why they're constantly fighting so anyways she gets better and she's lazing about the room and she gets oh anir comes to see her gives her some advice about wrath i'm gonna quickly interject and say i really enjoy anir I like him. I hope he and Fauna hook up. Me too. Yes. Wasn't going to go there. I, was gonna say, I hope he lives. <laughs> like, I hope he doesn't get like murdered in the last book. I, I do enjoy think. him. He's very funny. He is very funny. He's a good sidekick. But anyways, Anir is visiting her. And then when he leaves, she finds a 
real, a real, a weird crystal, not crystal skull, a weird talking skull has been like <sighs> left on her table. And what does it tell her? So I'm trying to come over there. Um, it says Angelus Mortis lives. And so she kind of freaks out because the skull sounds just like Vittoria, which obviously doesn't make any sense because Vittoria is dead. So she, Emilia starts thinking of like, is this necromancy? Is this something else? And basically what it says, Fury, almost free, maiden, mother, crone, past, present, future, find. And she's like, what the hell does this mean? So anyways, she grabs the skull and she hides it in her wardrobe which is overflowing with clothes and dresses because, again, Wrath Wrath is a man that likes fashion and always looking good. If he started, like, picking flint off of his shoulder, I'd just call him Reese and just end it there. It is an excellent point. This is an excellent I'm telling point. you. you the know, two of them look, combined, it's like, look, hello. I do. I love Reese. I do. I'm not a Reese hater, but he pissed me off. He pissed me off and I haven't forgiven him for it. But it's the male population. What do you expect? This is true. Okay. This is true. So anyways, she ends up wandering into the library because she's hoping to find books. And she finds all these journals about the different Sin Kingdoms. I don't know what else to call it. But they're in a language. Yes, there we go. But they're in a language that she doesn't understand. And then this is when he tells her, about i think the feast of the wolf where basically it's the inspiration for lupercalia and he's like there's always a guest of honor he's like you're probably gonna be the guest of honor and she's like oh great that's when he tells her that they take her biggest fear from her and present it to the crowd which again in hell people knowing your fears is not a good thing because also that makes sense what kind of guest of honor is that? Let's rip your guest of honor. So great. Thanks for coming. Let's tell us your deepest, darkest secrets and tell everyone. I want to say it's back in the old school days where they're like, oh, come guest of honor. And they turn out to be a sacrifice. Yeah. Well, That's exactly what it thought, is. She actually thought she's like, am I going to get chopped up and fed to people? And he's like, not quite. Well, um, the demons have really good manners. So I feel like that would at least be frowned upon. Or they do what it. What are you talking about? They probably still like chop her up and eat her just with their pinkies up. Right, properly. Another weird thing that is happening is little by little, Amelia keeps saying things that Wrath cannot answer. And on more than one occasion, she hints at who her future husband is because she thinks it's pride. But he's very nonchalant about it. And she's pissed. She's like, when is my husband going to come get me? When can I go over there? Because the other thing with the demon kingdoms is that you can't freely travel amongst the kingdoms without inciting a war. It like never made sense to me why she kept thinking this when she can literally look down at her hand and see the tattoo that she shares with Wrath was still there. I was like, are you just dumb? I think she was dumb. Like there was a lot of things I was just like, I think she was in denial. She varies on. She wavers between badass and just an idiot half the time. Uh, and I feel like it, it's mostly idiot most of the time. Uh, She's like 10% badass, 90% idiot. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I think that she doesn't know. She doesn't know what's going on. She doesn't, she doesn't even know anything about her magic. 
And when she has that whole thing about feeling into herself, that sounded weird, but that well of magic within her that she taps into, she's like, why did Nona never teach me about this? All she taught us was basic stuff. And so I was willing to give her the benefit of doubt up until all through this point. But then, spoiler, for like a little part ahead of the book, when she lost it and couldn't access it, she just moved on with her life. And I was like, if you're a witch and you've always been a witch, and even if you practice the most basic of spells, suddenly not having your powers is like not having a part of yourself. And she just, that was on the back. That was like so. Like not having an arm. Yeah. So, and yeah. to her, it was just like, she's like, oh, I'm just going to move along with bit. my mission. And I'm like, you're a witch in hell without your powers. And you know, someone specifically is blocking it. And this is like the last thing on your mind. How? That's when I thought she was an idiot. That is an excellent point. I don't have an answer for that. Except yeah, for that. Except that like she's really dedicated to finding out who murdered her sister. Because that's the whole reason she's here. I would say like almost blindly dedicated to it. Yeah. So I think she, she sort of loses the, her common sense with this. Yeah. Because she is very hung up on like, where's pride? Where's pride? What am I going to be pride? Is that pride? What's pride going to look like? Is he going to love me? And you're like, oh my God, girl. <laughs> yeah, I want to say the sins are still influencing her as she's living here. So I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. We'll see what happens in book three. Um, Not to jump ahead. Did you guys get to the, speaking of confusion, did you get to the talking skulls yet? Yes. Oh yeah, we already we already talked about the first one. Oh, sorry. I had to step away to get water. And a snack. I'm a little jealous. I'm it, it was a Reese's. Yeah, it looks like a Reese's. Yep. It was. That's breezing I was by like, the kitchen. my mouth's over like, here drooling. <laughs> breezing by the kitchen to get water. I'm like, ooh, come with me. It's fall, y'all. So blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to like get to like the good stuff. I feel like the middle portion of this book introduces a lot of different I don't want to say timelines, but different storylines. So you've got the skulls. You've got the missing mystery of her powers. She's still trying to figure out who killed her sister. And so she's trying to work the demon, different demon princes that she's going to. There's also. She keeps um, getting weird deja vu. Weird deja vu flashbacks where, again, I think I told you guys last time, it gives me very demon queens. Mortana, Mortana vibes. Not yep. understanding that she's related to this person and it has something to do with the past and why everyone's kind of like mums the word when they're interacting with her. And it's a lot for you as the reader to try and connect the dots when you don't have a full picture either. We also are introduced mm -hmm. to like another, not like deity level, but you've got the maiden, the crone, and the something else with them. There's like three different women who oversee a yeah, section. Yeah, the three the goddess yeah the goddess is it the mother mother maiden crone yep, yeah mother maiden crone you've got that happening there's promises to trees later on like we said like you're, there's a lot for you to connect the dots on yeah so she ends up getting a second skull and this skull says again and it's a victoria voice um seven stars seven sin sins as above so below and she's like what the hell does that mean so she starts writing all this stuff down in her books she remembers the prophecy that supposedly said that it was known as that it was related to Vittoria and her, that they were supposed to bring peace to the realms through great sacrifice. She makes a bunch of notes. Basically, the prophecy is, as above, so below, when twin witches are born, they must wear the Horn of Hades. Twins signal the end of the devil's curse. Some witches think it means the use of both light magic and dark magic. 
Others think a prince of hell will fall in love with a witch. One twin will rule in hell, the other in heaven. Both are forced to sacrifice. So, again, all these theories with the prophecy, nobody knows what's going on. Um, Blah, blah, blah. Stuff is happening. She and Wrath have a couple of well, you like, also, moments. Speaking of stuff is happening, you also have the witch murders back home in Italy, which are witch. <laughs> That are sounding, LOL. <laughs> LOL, these witch murders, which that mystery is still unsolved also, because as this book is progressing, we're kind of realizing maybe it all wasn't based on pride trying to find a wife. Something else is afoot here. Well, I thought that was just Antonio. By the yeah, way, but remember, spoiler- Antonio was saying that someone like an angel basically told him who these people are. Like it's, it was connected. Antonio was just the like hitman. It was yeah, connected yeah. to an entire scheme, basically. Yeah, there's someone pulling the strings. He so she thinks if she, yeah. like, discovers who murdered her sister, she will basically solve that situation, not realizing that situation is probably a lot more complex than she thinks. But it's all banking on her going to meet Pride because she's trying to, like, question her way into all of these princes lives and figure out who was behind the attacks of her sister yes and so during this time too we also have wrath is trying to prepare her for this dinner she's going to did you guys talk about this these the feast of the wolf yes so we talked about the dinner we haven't talked about like the trainings yet so i liked this because this is where you get to see them one-on-one again and a lot of that flirty banter back and forth coming witty banter back and forth so wrath tries to use his brother's different methods to influence her to see how well she'll stand up to it so he gets her really drunk as part of gluttony the gluttony yeah mm-hmm. and sees how to see how well she can do there's dance lessons because you know that's part of what's going to be she was really nervous about that she was worried that might be her big fear that they rip out of her she was worried about lust also them using lust on her and her making a fool out of herself uh, Lust is also hosting the party, so she wanted to. Oh no, Gluttony, Gluttony. was hosting the party. It's gonna be the um, host. I feel like some of the the brothers' powers sort of. I mean, I guess the seven deadly sins. Like, there's a little bit of overlap. So the thing that's interesting too is that Wrath keeps telling her this realm. I guess he means by like hell in general. Will try to influence you and your sins. So she feels a lot of lust towards Wrath, and the first night. When he's taking her to dinner to introduce her to his court, she's like in this hot revealing dress and he shows up and they're flirting and he tells her something like, oh, tell me you don't want to kiss me right now. And she's like, I don't. And he's like, well, remember, I can always tell when you're lying. And they have this really hot makeout session. And she, of course, is feeling super guilty because she's like, um, I'm supposed to marry his brother. What the hell is going on? I think before this happens, it's revealed to her that she's still supposed to get married to Wrath. Because when she had... It happens. She doesn't know until after the springs. Right. But you were just talking about when she was at the um, Thing of Wolves. No, no, no. This was the first dinner when he's introducing her to to his his court. court. Gotcha. Uh And so... Just kidding. Retract my statement. (laughs) Yeah. And both, she also meets Fauna. So Fauna actually is really nice and shows up to help her out. And Fauna comes with the gossip that, 
oh, because the first night, of course, they got into a fight because that's what these two do. And so he got so pissed off that he went and he brought a mountain down on his main general because he was so pissed because the general insulted Amelia. And there is a Lord Macaden, that's on, that's what I'm calling him, who also tries to hit on her while they're at dinner. And he says some really suggestive stuff, obscene and suggestive things to her. And she wants to stab him. So she gets up. But before she can even do that, Wrath cuts the guy's tongue off and just obliterates him. And he ends dinner. Um, And it's very, don't mess with my women. She was really pissed about that because she's like, I'm in hell. You know, these people take advantage of fears. If they see him fighting all of my fights, how are they going to respect me? So Anir escorts her out of the dining room and they go up to her room and Anir's like, hey, give him like 10 minutes. So 10 minutes later, she like shows up at his room and she's like, you know, I want to be trained on how to fight. He's like, okay, let's get you a blade. And then I think this is where they're like talking and she doesn't want to leave. He starts telling her about the really popular things in the kingdom, which are Demonberry wine and the springs. So they go down to the springs and the catch with the springs is nothing that's made can go into the water. So i.e. they got to get naked. They're trying to play like chicken with her. He's like, oh yeah, you're not going to want to do this. Let's go. And she's like, you've already seen me naked. What's the big deal here? Yeah. So they're like flirting in the water. And of course, one thing leads to another and they start they start fooling around oh by the way before when he was escorting her to dinner he gave her back her demon horn necklace her cornicello um, so she was wearing that and she took off all her clothes before going into the water but she didn't have to take off the cornicello anyways so they're messing around in the water and she's like take me to bed now and so he like magics them back to oh, right outside his scene. room because he was so distracted Stumbling, by her. making out through the hallways. It's really great. And then all of a sudden, Amelia is in the worst possible pain that you can imagine. And she feels like she's breaking apart from the inside. So, of course, Wrath freaks out and he te- takes her to the master, the mistress. The matron. Of, the matron of <laughs> potions and curses. No, the matron of curses and potions. So, quick and- question on this. <clears throat> Does every house have a matron or there's just one? Like there's one matron of curses and potions. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We just know that she resides within his kingdom and they have some sort of background. background. Yeah. So I couldn't tell if it was like in a Game of Thrones where they have the the maesters who sort of Mm. take over those portions. I wasn't sure if like each kingdom has their own or there's only one in all of hell and he – she, she just so happens to live there. Well, it's if she unclear. doesn't, yeah, if she doesn't answer it in book three. Then I guess we'll never know. Just thought, just curious if anyone else had thoughts on that. But we'll see. Oh well, I based on the end of this book, I think it's only her, and she is there. I don't know. She trans like travels between the kingdoms, but it's only her. So she meets Celestia, who basically makes her a potion so she can get better. And Celestia <laughs> is kind of sassy with wrath and she's going back and forth with him and she's kind of like borderline being disrespectful which again remember he just 
brought a mountain down on his general. He cut off another lord's tongue. Like, Wrath is not the person you piss off, but this woman doesn't seem to be scared of him. So that's automatically like setting off alarm bells. There's more to her than than we know. And she actually, when she meets Amelia, she calls her daughter of the moon, which was interesting. So anyways, Celestia keeps dropping these little breadcrumbs and eventually she tells Wrath, there's nothing more dangerous than the secret that you're keeping from her. And Amelia's like, what the hell, bro? Like, what's going on? And that's where it comes out that she is betrothed to Wrath. And it doesn't matter that Still. she... Yeah. that It doesn't matter that she aligned herself with House Pride. The betrothal trumps the alignment with the House. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And do you know why? No. I'll explain it. So when she did the ritual of the summoning to bring Wrath to her realm, the mortal world, she said the little extra part that basically was, oh, for eternity, Mm -hmm. eternity, bringing him into the agreement. So basically she started the bargain or the agreement, whatever you want to call it. And so on his end, he would have to accept it in order to move on to the next process. And so when she was dying after the Viper demon, he marked her which was basically him agreeing to the marriage so he moved on with the betrothal betrothal what the fuck betrothal. is that word there we go betrothal <laughs> it was just not coming out of my head so basically she and him have been accepted into this marriage because of that and he marked her as well so like a lot of people can see it she just couldn't see it at first that's why her grandma had saw it and was like this is bad news because we already knew it was something that was very rare and that she could summon him at any time. But by him doing that, he basically accepted the marriage bond between them. So even if she was to try to like get engaged to pride, she was already taken. Well, you bring up a good point because I think a lot of this book also centers around the fact is, well, he accepted the marriage bond on his end and now she needs to do the same on her end. It's not a one-way deal. And well, she already accepted it basically because she was the one that started it. Right. Yeah, so so they now, have to consummate. They now, consummate now they have to consummate their marriage. their marriage to like finalize it and then have their final ceremony in order to fully be wed. Mm-hmm. And he is being very polite again. And he's not forcing her to, to complete the bond. To complete the bond. Like he's waiting for her to make the choice. And so all of these feelings of lust and stuff he's not heightening them she wants him and she's just in denial she yeah and then also the realm is playing like all the powers of be are playing at it as well because it's heightening her senses towards each other for wanting them because they like when you start that bond it basically just pushes you to finish it exactly so, so they're like extra horny basically she she finds out she gets pissed because you know he kept all this stuff from her and then she's like you know what i want to go to house envy in the morning drop me off so she goes to envy house envy and she's there to do some like investigative work and envy convinces her to spell their wine with a truth serum or a truth spell so they can't lie to each other I don't really feel like anything useful came out of their conversation, but then he takes her to his like museum where he has this collection of all of these things. And he tells her that he's looking for the moon mirror, Mm -hmm. but then he shows her like a book of spells, which she realizes is the first witch is the Prima Stegi. 
um, the grimoire, basically. Her grimoire. And so she decides that she's going to steal it, which probably not the wisest thing that she does. But then in the morning, she goes back to House Wrath. And then I think a couple days later, Enabee shows up super pissed at her and threatens her. And he's, oh, hey, have you noticed you can't access your magic? It's because I put a curse on anybody who took the book. And he's like, good luck resolving that. That night, he also like tells her about the cursed tree and that like what he's Mm -hmm. looking for, which is that stuff. So she underneath the like image of the cursed tree, there's like a little inscription. I I pretty sure it's like a manual. I pulled it up. That's what I was flipping to. So it's sorry. No, no, it's okay. Um, because I jumped ahead. So. The other thing she learns about is the cursed tree. So deep in the heart of the Bloodwood Forest lies a tree planted by the crone herself. Which, by the way, the crone is supposed to rule over the underworld. I guess the maiden earth and the mother heaven or something like that. I understand this. Like the three goddesses they ruled. The The three different realms, heaven, mortal, and hell. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys explain it better to me then. (laughs) Um, So it's planted by the crone herself. It is said, among other favors, the tree will consider hexing a sworn enemy if the desire to curse them is true. To request the crone's curse, carve their true name in the tree, write your wish on a leaf plucked from its branches, then offer the tree a drop of blood. You see, you make a blood oath with a tree. Take the leaf, (laughs) take the leaf home and place it beneath your pillow. If it is gone when you arise, the crone accepted your offer and has granted your wish. She is the mother of the underworld. Beware of her blessing. So Emilia learns about that. Cool. So she goes back to House Wrath. She starts her training sessions with Anir and then ultimately with Wrath. They get physical on a couple of occasions, which it's really funny. There's this one scene when he's using Gluttony. Um, yeah, when he's using Gluttony. So the point is that he's trying to train her to pick up on when his brothers are using magic and so he's like you know it's like a tickle on your skin and so as soon as you feel that you need to turn on your self-will so you can avoid falling under their spell so she can do it with wrath to various degrees of success then when he's testing gluttony on her um, he gets her like super drunk and she decides she tells them that she wants to be seduced and he's like okay so he starts seducing her such a jerk and they have a really hot scene before he starts seducing her though he sobered her up because his whole thing with her is consent 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 you know if we're gonna consummate the bond or whatever he's like i want you to have that choice yeah don't want regret here and so he finishes her off or he gets her off and she's gonna go to reach over to get him off and he's like yeah no end of lesson bye jerk straight Um, up jerk i mean she got what she wanted he's the one that's walking away i mean Um, yeah but she was also going for round two you know what i mean that's true too but their first Um, training lesson like she wasn't expecting any of it and he came on hard with all of the sins and then basically commanded her to stab him and that was like oh. her breaking point because she was super pissed because and then also watching her self stab him and him bleeding out even though he was healing it was very traumatizing to herself it was and then he came to apologize afterwards because she was like fuck you i'm out of here and he discovered the skulls that she's been hiding in her wardrobe so now he knows 
about them. Just fun fact, someone tries to kill her. Um, oh, yeah. But she's able to use her knife to, like, stab the assailant. And then Wrath goes after the assailant. The assailant can't tell them who he's working for because his tongue had already been cut off. So then they're heading over to the Feast of the Wolves. Um, Her and Wrath travel together the first night. As she's walking around, they end up in the garden that we talked about. People get sexy, sexy in. And then Lust comes up to them and he's like, hey, I want to talk to you, Wrath. Wrath is like, hey, go back to your room. I'll come find you. He never does. She gets a note from a mysterious person about meet me outside at a certain time. And she goes and she realizes it's Gluttony who has told her, oh, she should go on the hunt. Hint, hint, wink, wink. She's, I'm going to go. I don't really hunt. She takes the horse. She starts traveling. The horse takes her into the pride um, circle and then she finds this magical plant she captures put some of her and some of it in her satchel because she's a witch and she's like "Ooh, i'm gonna study this for later then the guards come up and they're like who are you what are you doing here you're coming with us and this one guard's being a little bit like aggressive with her oh, she's in the puts pride her, land yes puts Another her into reference. um <laughs> prison <laughs> or what they it's just a holding cell basically a room and then she's just waiting and waiting and waiting. And then suddenly they're like, oh, you're free to go. So she heads back over to Gluttony's circle. And Gluttony comes up and he's like, opens up the saddle sack. And he's like, ooh, do you know what this is? This is Slumber Root. This is super powerful. And it can take out a even a prince. That's how powerful it is. Put them in a deep slumber and, and wink, wink. And then he's like, it's time for you to go get ready for your ball. They go get ready for the ball. Enter into the ball with wrath. They have dinner. It's amazing feast. Then they start dancing. And so while she was at dinner, she had asked, hey, when's Pride going to get there? Because not all of the princes were there yet. So um, Wrath was like, oh, my brother will come during the ball. And he does show up because there's a grand entrance and he walks in in his prideful manner. And he asks her to dance. They dance. She hides him. She like swings him into a corner and corners him basically. And he thinks he's about to get lucky. You know, he pulls off the mask. And then she sees the scar on his mouth and realizes it's the guard from earlier. So Pride, who everyone kept saying, oh, he's Pride, he's too busy entertaining women and blah, 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 and, you know, carrying on in his kingdom, he's not going to come for you, was actually in the ground, like on, like patrolling with his men. So she realized that something wasn't right here. So she makes a bargain with him and says, I'm not going to tell your siblings or your brothers that you have slumber root. If you let me pass on to your circle two times without any questions and let me be free. And he's like, fine, I'll make this. So then she goes away and be um, corners her and is like, it's time. It's time for you to reveal your secrets to everyone um, or your fear. And as she's about to do that with the master of whatever the ceremony is, Wrath comes up and is like, I won the hunt. And my prize is I want to give my fear instead of her. The brothers were like, pish posh, we don't care about this. Why don't you, we have something better. And to them being better is, why doesn't she have sex with someone? And he's basically like, no, that's not happening. They're like, we meant you, you idiot. Like, why don't you go bed your fiance? They run away. They rendezvous. They get around the whole, by having sex, they are married part of it. So they just get frisky. Both parties had a happy ending. And then... Things were about to go a little bit further and she was like, hold on, I'm going to go get like a drink. Let's celebrate. And she basically puts the slumber Ruth in his drink. He knocks him out and then she's on her little trek 
to the cursed tree. Which I will say, I was a little like, oh, that felt a little dirty. Like the first time you guys both like, ooh. And then she's like, I'm going to drug you immediately afterwards. Why you rest? I kept getting mad about the fact that she kept doing this to Rath. Yeah. It's like he does not do the same to you, lady. Like he did that one time when training, but mostly because she like panicked and was like, oh. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, so she travels through Prideland. That's part of the bargain. So she was thinking ahead. So she is semi-smart, you know. She finds the cursed tree, and as she's coming up upon it, she encounters a lady in a, what we're assuming a lady, in a robe. And she's like, I will offer you one of my secrets if something, something. Basically, she carves someone's name in the tree, assuming that it's going to reveal all of the things about herself that she needs to know. And she knows Wrath is a part of it. So she writes what she thinks is his real name. She heads back to Rath's kingdom. Apparently, I can't talk fast enough without like starting up. She heads back to Wrath's circle and he is not honest. He's not pissed. He's just like, so what'd you do? And she tells him and he's like, all right, well, don't crush the leaf because I don't want you to die. And I was like, he cares about her. Like he literally is telling her. It's like a two-part. Like, he cares about her. He doesn't want her to die because if you're wrong with the name that you carved in the tree, you die immediately because it's a blood bargain. And also, he doesn't want his secrets revealed. But she crushed it. Turns out that Wrath is the devil and it's not pride. So that was like a plot twist. I There was like hints of it in the first book. You kind of picked it up, but then she also just couldn't figure it out herself. So you, I couldn't like, figure it out. She couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> I so, thought it was him the first time, and I had a feeling he was pretending throughout the first but I book. Didn't, I didn't understand, and I still don't understand how that worked. So, okay, hold on, stop. So, this is what <laughs> this is what this is what I didn't get because there's a seven princes of hell, and then there's also supposed to be the devil. This is why I think last time we spoke, I was like, no, there's eight princes. There's eight princes. There's seven no. princes of hell. One serves as king. One serves as king, so he's known as the devil. Okay, fine. Makes sense. Wrath explains why it's wrath and not pride. Everybody assumes that it's pride because of the story of Satan coming down because of his pride. But it's wrath, whatever. What I didn't understand was the whole thing between wrath and pride and finding a wife for my brother and I'm here to vet them. Basically, the plot of the first book. I didn't understand what was happening because was he supposed to find the bride for pride, but he ended up getting dragged into the thing with Emilia. And that's why like he wasn't there to fulfill pride's mission anymore. So that's part of the thing that we're still waiting to find out. Like we know that the first witch cursed the devil. And at Mm -hmm. that time we weren't sure who the devil was. We thought the devil was pride, but it turns out the curse was more than just on the devil himself and it infected all of the princes and basically the entire realm. That's why no one could actually full out tell her this is what's going on. Yeah. Everyone's kind of like basically Akatar first book. We want to tell you, we can't tell you. You got to figure it out on your own. And everyone's kind of just leading her in a direction and she doesn't know which direction is the true direction. But there's definitely a part there where I know that Pride's wife was killed and he was looking for a bride. And he, Brath did confirm that. But I just don't know how that plays back into the original well, curse. Then, well, it goes back to because Envy's issue with Wrath is that he says that Wrath took something 
from him. And so he doesn't so much want revenge, but he wants retribution. Right. So I think that the, the princes themselves also have individual things going on with each other that they don't know about yet. Because we also know that now Pride, everyone thinks he's acting a certain way. But in his actual kingdom, he is more like a warrior and he's with his guys patrolling and stuff like that. So, you know, there's more going on in his kingdom that hasn't been let out. That's why when I was reading this book, I was like, is this actually a three book series or is there more? Because I don't see how she's going to be able to wrap this all up in the third book. There's well, way too many open plot lines. I'm hoping that she does. Anyways, long story short, she confirms to Wrath that she knows who he is and his whole thing the entire time has been like i was scared that you wouldn't want to accept the devil and then the book ends with her stripping and saying take me to bed your majesty well something like that before that he was like i know we're running out of time but this is the important part he was like um did we even talk about antonio no we didn't really talk about antonio uh so okay. antonio real quick is alive and well we thought he was in a dungeon being tortured because it's hell, but he's in like a like a Rapunzel tower is kind of how I pictured it uh-huh. um, with like tea and blankets and a nice roaring fire and seems to be recovering from his possession where he went on a murdering rampage being spree. Um, and Amelia and- calls bullshit and it's like, I don't care. You still killed my sister. He seems but, remorseful, but you're still a little like, well, that seemed really easy for you to be like, man, sorry, gee whiz, right, like, your sister. And then you're still thinking, who's the person that confronted him to like kill all these people? But anyhow, so Amelia finds out he's the devil, Rats is the devil, and he's like, well, what do you what do you think? And she basically is like, well, you're the devil. What do you expect me to think? And he gets hurt by that, and he runs off. And she's like, well, I'll deal with him later. And she goes on a mission to find. What's in that thing in Sin Corridor? The, the mirrors? Tree? She went to go find the mirrors. Oh, and so yes. she's piecing through all these different ways on how to make the mirrors. She goes upstairs into his library. She finds the key to the mirror. She thinks she has the mirror in her room. Turns out she doesn't. Then she realizes the mirror is in Sin Corridor. She heads to Sin Corridor. She comes across the seven, not the seven sins. It's something to do with the seven witches or something like that. If you don't know, I don't know. Go read the book. Let us know. Basically, (laughs) I can't fact check this as fast as I'm talking. But she comes across who we find out is the crone, who is actually the matron and is also the person that she encountered when she went to the cursed tree. She's like, you can't come back from this. um, So make your choice wisely. And then she uses the mirror and she is using the mirror to find out her truth. And she sees a current vision of her sister with Antonio. And she's trying to figure out if that's past future or present then she realizes it can't be past it has to be future because antonio's in the castle she grabs the she also uh, the like grimoire from the first witch appears there and i think wrath had dropped it off at some point because there's a note from wrath there um and so she runs back to the castle she's like go get wrath because he's looking for her because she realized she disappeared she storms upstairs antonio's gone and there's another skull there and she can tell that someone was in this vicinity and her sister's been the one sending the skulls her sister's like hey meet me at x this x point um and we have a lot to talk about and so yes and you sum that up so well but there are so (laughs) many things that you're like and you know bridget you sum that up really really well like i just said but no, there's a lot of points moving. You're just like, what the Even fuck is as happening you're here? you're reading it, you're just like, she's back. Victoria's back. And she's with the one sending the skulls. 
what? I, yeah, what? I didn't get any of this. I didn't get any of this. I just assumed that Victoria is evil. I assumed. Right. And what? I assumed Victoria is evil because you wrote it in an email, Hilda. <laughs> so before I even started this book, I found that Victoria was alive because of this email thread before between you and Brit. That was great. <laughs> Sorry, I already apologized for this. Oh, no, I just laugh at it now because it was very funny. It was like karma. But so Victoria's alive and, you know, homegirl, her main sin is Rast. Look, she gets pissed and she's like, I'm going to go deal with my sister later. But you know what? I'm going to claim my spot in hell now. So she goes, finds Rast and she's like, you know what? Let's do this. And he's like, what? And she just strips off her clothes and scene. Now, if we don't end up with some kind of the ending of what book two started with, I'm going to be really annoyed. Wait, did you guys know that we have chapter one of book three? What? What? We have chapter one of book three. Uh, how? I Where? just realized this right now. I don't scroll past like the, the end. <laughs> yeah. So we get, so we get the, about the author uh-huh. and then it goes to your Kindle, leave a review but if you close that and you keep scrolling, you got turn the page for a sneak preview at is the really finale. Is I don't it know. spicy? I, I don't know. I haven't read it. And then I think we got the story uh, of this Sophia is what I was going to say. This is what I was going to say. I'm like, it's going to open up on a backflash, like a, a flashback. Flashback. Yeah. <laughs> backflash. <laughs> Hopefully back someone ends up on their back. Um, <laughs> Girl. <laughs> Um, I can only pray to the devil. Yikes. All right, cool. So I'm going to definitely check this out and then we'll yeah. talk about it in the next one. Yeah, it looks like we're getting there because it's all at once. Candles flared to life around the Prince of Wrath's bedchamber. Okay, so let's wrap this up so we can all go read this. <laughs> all right, guys. So um, any last, any quick last thoughts on this book? What was your take? I have no idea what I'm going on, but I'm here for the emotional blue balls. Let's go. I was going to say I'm here for the ride, <laughs> but okay. Both. Either way, we're, like, we're in it. <laughs> well, we liked this book. We'll eager to see where it ends up. We want to know from you guys, have you read the series? Did you like it? Please uh, drop us a line or shoot us a DM on booktalkmeandme underscore pod and let us know what you think. And we'll catch you next time when we drop the next book, when that comes out on the 27th. Very exciting. Very exciting stuff. All right, guys. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.